Hello and welcome to Carefully Taught, uh, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kikau. A podcast to discuss musical theater pedagogy and to create a community of sharing amongst musical theater educators. Feel free to email us at carefullytaughtpodcast at gmail or follow us on Instagram at carefullytaughtpodcast. Today's guest is one of my favorite people of all time. And uh, you will have known him from a variety of places, places like um, the original company of Newsies or uh, currently on tour with Hamilton. Um, I've known him since we were wee babes, uh, children (laughs) uh, in performance at the Children's Musical Theater of San Jose. Um, He is my pal, Aaron Albano. How are you, my friend? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We know that you are an avid listener of this oh, podcast. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we're excited to have you here for sure. Oh, absolutely. Every, after every episode, I text Kikau to like continue the conversation that we've begun. <laughs> so definitely a longtime listener, first time guest. <laughs> but that's really what we imagined when we started this, right? Which was to, to create this community and to, to start these conversations and for them not to end there, but for them to continue and spill over into texts and conversations. So I've absolutely loved it. And, and we are thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. And Aaron, you've got a really exciting new project that we're going to spend some time talking about um, mm. and that Kikau and I both had the opportunity to take a look at. I'm so excited to get started with that. But first, I'm just curious if you could just talk a little bit about your relationship with musical theater um, and, you know, your, 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 your training and, and so on and so forth. Oh, sure. Um, Well, I uh, grew up, as Kikau said, I grew up in San Jose, California, doing shows with Kikau. Um, I think, what was our first show together? I think it was, was it tour group or was it Crazy For You? It it must have been tour group, but but Crazy For You was the one that really sticks out in my mind as like a really significant Mm -hmm. experience. So we we played some good old cowboys in Crazy For You. Um, And then uh, moving forward beyond... uh, children's theater i went to the um local performing arts magnet in san jose uh which was lincoln high school go lions um from there i went to um maddie our alma mater um ccm the university of cincinnati college conservatory of music where i majored in musical theater um unfortunately i had to leave early so i do not have a degree to show for it me being on this education podcast that bucked my <laughs> education to go to Broadway, but um, stay in school, kids. Um, but uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, complete two and a half years of my uh, collegiate education before I was fortunate enough to be whisked away to New York uh, to be in my first Broadway show called Bombay Dreams. Um, since then, I've been a member of Broadway University for. Um, what, 17 years now? Yeah, 18 years now. Wow, cool. Um, just a longtime senior of Broadway University, um, <laughs> where I've been fortunate enough to be a part of nine uh, Broadway productions um, and two national tours and I believe one off-Broadway show, I think. That that sounds right, I think. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, off the top of my head. Um, yeah, and so that's sort of my life in a nutshell. Um it's it's insane. I mean, it's it's amazing, and and you are somebody who, um, who our students look up to, who who those in the industry um, look to. I mean, everyone knows Aaron Albano. Uh, they all know. <laughs> I don't Come know on, if that's, that's true, true, but that's true. <laughs> Thank you. Come on, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, you know, just to make some connections to education while you were at school. Was there anything um, that you learned in school that you have brought with you into the industry? That's like part one of the question. And part two of the question is, what was missing from that education mm. that that you wish you knew before you were catapulted into the Broadway scene? Um, well, first and foremost, many, many things. <laughs> um, I think... I mean, I'll be first. I'll be first and foremost to say that, like, I am. I would not be where I am without my collegiate training, my collegiate education. Um, had I just walked in, and this is not true for everybody, obviously, because 
there is no one road to Broadway. One plus one does not equal Broadway. Um, I definitely had I walked out of Lincoln High School and tried my luck in New York, I would have been chewed up and spit out. It's definitely 100. I could have had all the ego and confidence in the world and I still that still would have happened. Um, so I do not buck my training I received at CCM by any means. Um, that said, I do think that it's interesting because we just, I was actually, we were, our tour was just in Dayton, Ohio. And so I went down to mm. uh, Cincinnati to go visit um, some of the teachers who were still there when I was there, um, but also to sort of meet some of the students. And um, I was reflecting with a couple of other uh, alum that are in my show and we were just laughing because we were like, wow, we were so looking from this side of senior year. Everybody looks so young going from like the freshman, like when we entered the school as freshmen, we were like, wow, we thought seniors were full grown adults mm-hmm. and not necessarily. Ch- and we like, and then just the perception of what um, an adult who knows everything looks like from various parts of your life. That said, um, one thing that I definitely impressed upon them or tried to while I was speaking to a few student bodies is, and I may be speaking out of turn here, but I think when a school is in a bubble of the school, for so long, it's very, especially when it's one of the quote unquote um, high ranking schools, for lack of a better term, it's very easy to get lost in the um, nuclear sort of insular nature of that environment. And I definitely was like, you know what I wish would have happened when I was there? was less of the school quote-unquote rivalries and more cross um cross cross program sort of community building if that Mm -hmm. makes sense because at the end of the day when we get out of our schools yes our class yes our alumni are part of our community but they're not who we're going to be seeing every day they're not going to be the community that we build at the at every audition at every and so having that sort of community outside of our school like if i were able to connect with my years with my with my same class or my same generation at the university of michigan at cincinnati at, like at at carnegie mellon at nyu at all of these other programs that whether it's on purpose or by accident, the program pits against each other. Mm-hmm. I think we would be better off entering the workforce with a better support system. I love that. Um, it's really it's it's interesting that you point you 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 say that. I you know I I spent five years as a uh, artistic director of a small equity theater company in the Midwest, and I hired a lot of people from these the schools that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite parts of that job, well, there's 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 two parts to this. What I'm saying now is, is it was really exciting to see these people from different university programs learn from one another in a mm-hmm. professional setting. And I think there's great value to summer stock theater in that particular regard. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, every year after graduation, uh, I would get up, up, a picture, like a, a selfie from th- that cohort from all of these different programs uh, that was like, hey, Clinton Showboat reunited in, in, at, at the New York bar. And it was oh, like nice. l- lifelong friendships were yeah. formed. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's a really interesting thing. I, I really appreciate what you just said about there not being one road to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always an advocate for too Broadway not being the only defining successful way to have musical theater in in your quote unquote adult life. One hundred percent, right? Absolutely. And and yeah. and um, and so uh, I I I do think it's really important. You went to to, to two years at CCM, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important to acknowledge one. 
a four-year university BFA training program at one of these quote-unquote top five schools is not for everybody. Sure. And yeah. I think that there's humility and, and power in that acknowledgement and, and that some people don't necessarily need to go to school, college right after high school. Some people maybe want a more liberal arts kind of degree or, mm-hmm. or maybe made the... Maybe Cincinnati's winters aren't for them, and that's okay, too, because the snow sucked. I remember falling on my ass the first time oh, my California, because I, too, came from Northern California. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. That was I, a major transition. I want to say I think we had three Californians um, in my freshman class, and ooh, when that December rolled around, <laughs> I remember all three of us were like, wait, what is this? Wait, yeah. this is winter? Oh, the designer, like... Faux fur coat that I thought that I was buying for this was clearly not enough. Yeah, it might keep you warm in the Bay Area, but not in Ohio. (laughs) It was definitely bought for cuteness and fashion rather than practicality of like surviving, I don't know, negative temperatures. And so we all sort of learned how to do winter very quickly. Yeah, but there's also something really sort of. you know, it, I'm, again, I'm excited to, to start talking about the project that, you, that you're that you releasing as of today, as of the release of this recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that, that came up in that is the systemic problematic nature of uh, the professional theater industry. And mm-hmm. um, and I think one of the one of the ways that our system seems to, the system that we all went through, we're all products of. You know, there was this idea that you have to have had years of musical theater, children's theater training and high school training so that you can get into one of these handfuls of schools. And that is, you know, it really, it really, you had to have means in order to have the experience necessary to have the means to pay for the university so mm-hmm. that you could go through these programs and then go out in the world. And and I, I, I think there's really... It's there's an important acknowledgement that there is no one path to Broadway. That was a really long way for me to uh, it, it just point out the power of that statement that you said. Because oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that that's a really important. Uh, Absolutely, point. that's what I mean. I, I tell that to talkbacks and kids all the time, where I'm like, "This isn't a when I tell my story. This is not a normal story. Like, I will be the first to admit that. Like, I have a vi- I've had a very blessed career." in this field that not everybody is afforded and to model your like it's sure to random like uh, like will i say that there's i have a modding of talent okay fine whatever like but (laughs) there's a lot more to do with that and a lot of it has to do with luck and in the right place in the right time and like the connections you make and if you're a good person and if people like you, all of those things that have little to no, nothing to do with the craft that we spend so much time in the educational field learning. And that's another thing that's sort of, I think, while the craft is very important and we wouldn't be anywhere without the craft, there are more components than just being able to sing your high C and kick your face and cry on cue. Like it's, there are more ingredients to quote unquote success than that. And again, Mm -hmm. even just, even just dissecting our idea of success is a whole nother level that we, that is worth investigating. I would also say, I mean, knowing you from a young age, I do think that, you have always had that work ethic, regardless of where it was going to take you. I just remember so vividly you missing some dance class and then you inviting me to like, can do you, let's work on our turns. And I was like, but it's a Monday. Like, I, just, <laughs> I remember, I remember so vividly being like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, but, but it's that, that level of natural talent and, and passion and like I want to do great things with this has always been with you. So that's just a little little side note. Thank you. Um, so you typically we wait till the end of our episode, right, to to bring forward a recommendation. But we are going to do this right now, right? This is a a documentary um, film that you are producing. You are in. Will you just 
give our audiences just a little bit of a background to what this is, once again, released today and can be seen? Sure. So this was a sort of a brainchild of myself and my fellow co-producer uh, and co-conceiver, Mo Brady. He was the he's also a fellow ensemblist that he you you might remember him in the uh, original original company. Ah, no. In in the company of Broadway's Adams Family. Hmm. Um, or if you had watched the TV show Smash um, from back in the day, you might recognize him from the original company of Hit List on that show um, in the second season. Um, since that, since becoming, since leaving the industry as an actor, he has maintained um, his involvement in the sh- in the in the industry. He works for um, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, um, and is integral in that company as well as um, he was the co-creator of a very popular podcast called The Ensemblist, uh, which was um, <clears throat> only till recently was live on air. Um, he has since ended that uh, that project, but um, there's a lot of that content still online, which I would recommend everybody go listen to, especially the Smash recaps, the um, Fosse Verdon recaps, and the Tony Telecast recaps, all of which he and I partnered on uh, to produce during the pandemic. Um, mm. They're very fun. They are very cool. Um, they were a passion project of ours as well. That said, this uh, film was sort of a culmination of all of those projects put together. We had this idea during the pandemic um, where we were researching different um, uh, different projects during different uh, shows and productions and just aspects about the industry for these different podcast projects that we discovered that, you know what? The industry has changed so much in the past 50, 100, 20, 10 years. And <laughs> we had this idea to interview like base uh we had this idea um while we were researching another show called chorus line you might have heard of it um and that sort of gave a an inside look into what our industry is from the ensemble's perspective we realized that that sort of conversation hasn't happened in a very long time and that has sort of shaped the general public's idea of what our industry is. Since then, we've had the entrance of corporate theater. We've had the entrance of long-running shows. We've had um, the like commercial theater looks very different than that. And therefore, the lives of our people, the lives of our community is are very different. And we had this idea to bring that to the forefront again, especially in this time, because we, we filmed this in, we had this idea in 2020, we filmed it in 2021, where we are in a time of pause. We are in a time of pause that is making everyone reflect on the industry that we're in. Um, and so this sort of became the culmination of that, sort of first like worm in our brains to bring the um the conversations and the livelihoods of today's generation today's broadway dancer today's broadway performer um to the world and to two people who'd be interested in hearing it um and we and 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 what was very important to us is to have because again the the industry is made up of a lot of different quote unquote generations of dancer. Like we, and so we wanted to represent those people as well. Um, we have in the, in the film, we have Broadway debuts. We have people who've done three shows. We've done, have people who've done five shows. We've had people who've done 13 shows. And what was also very important to us is back in, back in the, back in the day, the creators in the world were there were single there, there were maybe 
a handful of them. And now we have so many different choreographers, so many different directors that we wanted that experience to also be reflected in the in the room. We have our Blankenbuehler kids, we have our Casey Nicola kids, we have our, and then we also have an, an aspiring choreographer in the room there with us, Carla Puno, Carla Puno Garcia, who is really taking off right now. Amazing. And She's so, literally my favorite person. Yeah. And so it was it, it was definitely all of all of the creators, all of all of the creators and our director felt that it was time for a conversation like this to be heard and to hear it from the people themselves, not to make it into a new show, not to not for this conversation to be to inspire a different show or inspire of fictional characters' words, but to hear it from the people themselves who are living it and breathing it um, from their own mouths and from their own brains and from their own ex- and from their own hearts. And it's beautiful. I I had the opportunity to Thank watch you. it this morning. Uh, it's emotional. It's political. It's open-hearted. It's powerful. I found myself really moved by so many of the moments in in it and the, and, and the topics that came up in conversation. Um, and like you said, the, the diversity of points of view on so many levels, you did a wonderful job of, of uh, putting together a, a, a group of people that brought so many different points of view um, that uh, that that I, I I found it really interesting. Can't wait to share it uh, with my students. As as, oh, as as this is something that is sort of our the recommendation of the episode. I, I think that people are going to get a lot out of it. Oh, you know, there's you. a really there's a really powerful sequence uh, towards the end of the conversation where you acknowledge um, the the fact that you feel you have been working in this industry that. You know, at that point, there's an acknowledgement. Uh, it's time for change. There's all of these these problems and issues that you, you the group lays out in, in terms of what we want to see moving forward. And mm-hmm. you have this really powerful moment where you acknowledge that you've been doing this for a while, in your words, uh, and that you, 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 you refer to yourself as baked into the system, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really, I, I to me, that hit hit me you know in a way that was really different than than some of the responses that you saw and it and it it um it led to a conversation with a number of people about the change the time for change that you all would like to see in the industry and there were a lot of questions raised and a lot of points being made and i'm curious because there I, I don't know that there were a lot of answers necessarily given, which was an interesting tech, uh, idea for, for mm-hmm. you all because you're, ask, you're basically asking the audience, you know, what are we going to do in this? We're, we're all in this together. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. you could talk a little bit about that, that section of the film and that specifically that call for action and change that you all would like to see in the industry. No, absolutely. And thank you so much for calling that part out. It's, a, it's definitely... Our goal for the film and what we realized as we were putting it sort of together after our day of filming was this is, and especially because we filmed right in the middle of the pandemic, as we say in the film, at the time, there were no vaccines, there was no Broadway on the horizon. We had no idea if we were even going to come back. And so it's fascinating to reflect back on that time because we definitely captured it as sort of a time capsule of that time and just like we were in during filming i think one thing that does translate into today is that none of us know how this ends none of us know how this ends and none of us know where we go none of us know the direction of the industry right now i think it's also fascinating because because this is a moment in time it's we're not though those of us who are part of this may not think the way we did when we recorded and that's mm-hmm. the that's the true fact as well it's mm-hmm. interesting because as as this film releases broadway has come back and broadway is here and i think there are varied levels of how the industry has sort of landed 
it's definitely when we filmed all sort of all hopes were in the air all expectations were in the air but no one knew how it was going to come down arguably the pandemic is still in the air but the industry has come back down in whatever form it has been and i think there has been i think you can feel it in the broadway air like there have been successes and there have been disappointments and there have been a lot of nuance in that um i think to answer your point after that long-winded answer um (laughs) i think that's we made this to not end conversations but to start Mm -hmm. conversations yeah and i think that's also why i feel why we as the creators feel that it's incredibly important for students and young people and aspiring performers into the industry to watch it is because while this is sort of a passion project and a, and a love letter to us made by us, the people who are going to benefit the most from this are the people who strive to enter our field and what wisdom and what insight they can bring here. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, and like you, like I said, and like you like reflected on, like when you're in a system, no matter how long you're in it, you start to, it starts to bleed into you for lack of a better imagery. Like it, and that's where it gets dangerous for those of us who've been here for so long, because we know it's it's an industry that has been here since time immemorial. That's not true. Maybe like, what, 100 years? College <laughs> dropout. You can let me know because I did not make it to musical theater history. So let me know. Um, but it's built in a system since time immemorial of a capitalist nature, of white supremacy, of all the things that make it not equitable not ideal not and we could have an entire podcast series about that right but i think those of us who've been here have learned to live in it it's 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 actually so fascinating because i remember one of the conversations that began i think even after the night is or, or yeah possibly after the night is when what is so encouraging is that students today just innately have a different relationship with the industry than we did growing up. Like, we are the generation of, we will do whatever you want us to do, just give us a job. The end, the, let's just use the, the graduating seniors, the class of 2019, or even the class of 2022, they almost can't have that mindset because the industry left them. They've had to figure out how to live without this. And so now they're going to return to the workforce, not needing this, not want, like they want this because they dedicated their four years to it, but they can live and strive and, and, and work toward a more equitable industry or work toward a more equitable um, livelihood than we did because they're not reliant on this is all I know how to do because they literally had to figure something else out their first year out of college so they're able to be like okay I want like do I yes I'm auditioning for you but do I want to work for you maybe not they are able to audition their employers the way their employers are auditioning them and that mm-hmm. is a mindset that I just don't while I understand it in my brain, that's not where I came from. And so it's so interesting and fascinating to see the change in 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 the upcoming generations where that in itself will inevitably have to change the industry. Our film, I, I can only hope that our film will help in those thought processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a very long answer. I apologize. No, that was great. 
That was great, but you touched on exactly why it's important for everyone, especially students, especially people interested in, in uh, joining this industry um, to watch it. I think it's, it's so key. And even just thinking about it, um, right, this musical theater history conversation, it was, you know, let's just say it was the 50s, like as mm -hmm. when, it, you know, we, we built the commercial aspect of it. That's like at the same time that Jim Crow laws were happening. I mean, like yeah. it is it is on this foundation of like separation, right? Mm -hmm. um, certain people can sit here, certain people can sit here. It's none of that is real, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so it's just I love that yeah. you bring that up because we've we've changed since then and will continue to change yeah. um, beyond but this. So not, I appreciate of, this part of the conversation. Totally, and none of this lives in a bubble. Like I remember, I think one part of the inception of this was the not to cross promote anything but our mo and i's tony telecast recaps we what interested us the most about those were we would pick a year and then we would research the crap out of that year both the season and what was happening in life in like the country in like the world and sort of hypothesize and make sort of guesses as to why things things happened like hmm. what? Like what? What? What in? What in the world that at that time informed who was nominated for best musical that year? Who was nominated for best actor, best actress? All of these. What even got on Broadway that year? What closed early? All those things. And it's and and I think it's very attractive to people to assume that the theater industry sort of exists in this liberal bubble that nothing affects us. And it's just not true. It's just not, it's not true at all. And I think that, and also to assume that the actors, the Broadway actors, the theater actors experience as presented in other, in other works, not just in, chorus line but in a lot of different in, in a lot of different art is just not the way it actually is and i think the people who need to know that the most are the people who want to do this i just have a, a quick question about format right so sure the the pandemic led broadway to close march 2020 you all filmed this march 2021 mm -hmm. right and you're releasing it March 2022. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's right. I just wanted to make sure I'm saying that. Yeah. And, and so, right, this was a moment in time. Um, in terms of structure, in terms of like conversation, were there any rules put on mm. that? Is it just like we're going to sit in this socially distant circle mm -hmm. and we're going to talk, but were there, were there prompts? Were there things? Was it just we want to check in with each other? I just want to understand. Oh, uh, no, of course. Is. So, yeah. So, so the night. The night, as as you see in the film, was started with um, a dance class. started started with all of us gathering. We gathered for one day in Open Jar Studios in New York City, um, where where Carla we asked Carla to choreograph a number, like like a, like like four eight counts, and we were like, "Hey, it's not." None of us have danced in a year. Do not <laughs> break everybody. Let's make it like pandemic friendly so everybody like and so it was it and she fulfilled the she fulfilled the assignment um which was great and it was wonderful and it gave everybody it loosened everybody up it gave gave everybody confidence who have again not danced in a year i mean i'd say in the film that i need to go do a bar before i even go to the thing because hey these hamstrings didn't do anything for the year other than like walk to the fridge and back to the couch um right. And then beyond that, we then um, set up the circle. And, I, and thank you for acknowledging that it was a socially distant circle because, again, this was before vaccines. This was before um, – this was when COVID protocols were on high alert. And mm -hmm. so everybody was masked and we made sure that everybody – that all the filters were correct in, in the room. Thank you, Open Jar Studios. Um, and then we sat there. Um, the rules were – if you're in your place and if you are sitting next to someone in their in your bubble, like because David and Carla sat, were able to sit together, Iris and Gabby were able to sit together, 
they could sort of break their personal bubbles if they had their people there. Um, and we had, and Mo and I had discussed and prepared about five props. And they were pretty loose, but they were um, to direct the conversation where we need to go. Mo um, is in the circle, but he's not, but you don't see him very much because he was there to moderate the the conversation. We ended up, we had five. We ended up using three because the idea was present the prompts and then let the conversation go. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. <laughs> and we didn't need all five prompts to it. And, and the, the, the night lasted for about six hours. Wow. Um, and, and everybody knew what was happening. Everybody knew, uh, to be honest, like, we bought we bought everybody some wine. We were able to like have everybody feel comfortable, um, and yeah, and that was the night. That's there, that's great. Thank there, you. There's a neat moment in the film um, that I actually went back and watched again because I really wanted to hear exactly what she said. But Gabby was talking about being a vacation swing, which yes. is also very interestingly timely uh, with mm-hmm. the conversations about swing and their value. I mean, I haven't heard anybody talk about the unique nature then there are the subsect of that group, which is the vacation swing, mm-hmm. right? But um, she she really reflected on her experience leading up to the pandemic, uh, the shutdown for the pandemic, and um, acknowledges uh, her own identity and the importance of that representation on stage. But then then goes on to also say, but I also, what did she, the phrase that she used was, I, I, that she wanted to be more than just identity politics. And that was like a real struggle with her internally. And I thought that was an interesting point of view that I had not heard people discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, we, are, we are talking a lot about representation right now. We are talking a lot. It, it's long overdue, but we mm-hmm. are talking a lot about that in our institution, the Musical Theater Educators Alliance, in the, in the, in the um, industry as a whole, but also this this idea of her own internal struggle about I want to be more than identity politic casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I wondered if you had any thoughts on 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 that. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I, it's it's uh, as a as an identifying Filipino American man in this industry, I I felt that a lot in our in our conversation and reflecting on the film since um, it's definitely, I feel like it's again, because we live in an industry that was built and born in America as we now see it. Um, it is no secret that the, it's a very majority white industry. And I think a lot of, non-white members of this community struggle with the balance that we strike entering this majority white space do i and and for my for my own experience i are there shows that i know that i was like yeah we i i, I was i was hired here because i belong here but also like they needed an asian dude yeah, like, and there's the aspect where there, it's wonderful to have the job, but also you continually question, like, am I here just because I'm an Asian dude? Or am I here and am I able to represent something more? Am I being, hum- am I being humanized here in a way that is not just checking a box or filling a quota? And I think what's interesting about what Gabby says in the film is, yes, it's important for us to be seen, but if we're only seen to, to check a box, to fill a quota, then we are still entering a space where we're going to experience trauma. And that is the other hopeful, like, that's the other thing that, we, that requires examination and requires change in this, in this field. Luckily, like, we have shows and we have 
productions who are all willing to do that. And it's a little, it's, and, and frankly, it's too early to see, frankly, it is too early to see whether that is lasting change or whether that's marketing right now. Right. And that's what's tough because again, like opportunities are, opportunities are being given and those are always something to be grateful for. The nature of those opportunities is where we get in the weeds. Does that make um, sense? Another s- <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. another story um, that I loved uh, was Corey's. Um, mm. You know, the the pandemic as an opportunity to have to begin the conversations about starting a family, or even um, it's the it's that thing when the when the bubble is popped to some degree, <laughs> and you're realizing, oh, you know what, I. I do want to start this family or I do have the time to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, it was just so compelling. Um, this idea of wanting to have it all um, felt maybe unreal because everyone is putting their careers first, their, their, their Broadway bodies first. And in reality, we are human beings with human needs, desires, mm-hmm. and and interests. So I found any time she spoke, I was like leaning forward. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. Uh, do you feel like whether this is you're answering this or just the the in general that there were um, pros to this time off, like um, um, or. Yeah, because I think it's a pro that someone had a, a chance to, to have a family, to start a family. Oh, 100 um, percent. I do yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think that's what was interesting and, and what we tried to highlight in the sort of COVID section of the film, for lack of a better term. Goodness, mm-hmm. the shutdown version of the, the shutdown section of the film is that a lot of people there were very nuanced reactions to it. There were very different responses i think megan says in one of her at-home confessionals that she was like there's a part of me that 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 feels a little relieved because i don't have to prove anything right now and i think that's an aspect where um where that where again it it, it's that weird like tightrope you have to balance on where people are dying you can't be like "Ooh, yay time off but the unintended benefits of this time were bodies got to recover people got to have families the voices got to recover things people were able to put their mental health and their sanity first again um and we address all of that in the film but we also address, I think Sasha does in her, um, in her at-home confessional, she's like, we lost people. There's not, <laughs> like, yes, there's all, there, there's, there are real consequences to having this shutdown, and that's the sad thing. That's the unfortunate thing. Um, and we wanted to make sure that, that all of those colors were shown in, in the film. I just want to make sure, bef- like, <clears throat> before we go on, how can someone watch this? Oh, where is yes. it available? What, what, what do they have to do to see it? Oh, yes. Yeah. So it came out today. It came out mm-hmm. today, March eleventh, um, on Broadway on Demand. Uh, Broadway on Demand. Uh, it's a pay per view process. Uh, you can you register for the service, which is a fantastic service, and you can view our film for nine ninety nine. I'm curious, um, obviously there's so much value, whether you are a, a, a musical theater performer or or not. I mean, it's a very interesting conversation about, um, you know, jobs. It's uh, any industry. There's, I mean, there are parallels between this and so many different industries. I think there's a lot that people can take from it, whether they are performers or not. But as a musical theater educator podcast, I'm curious if, if there are specific ways you think that this would be really valuable in the classroom or uh, uh, with a studio owner that runs their own their own uh, private independent studio like how would you see this integrated into curriculum oh well first and foremost as 
as the non-teacher on this the, <laughs> on on this uh, podcast right now. I would just love to disclaim that I have no business telling anyone how to use anything in their classrooms. Um, bravo to all of you who are, who who do this for a living because I would love I would love and I will say another again another college dropout moment of mine as I went back to school to become a teacher and then Newsies called so then Broadway is just making me not be a teacher <laughs> which is sad but I but it, it is a, it is a profession that I love 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 and think the world of and think is the most important thing for any generation to have that said i do think <sighs> ways that i i mean i do feel like this is this is a film that warrants further discussion i think there's a world where if graduating seniors were to watch this film if graduate if in for either high school or for either for either high school or today like or, or or college um to discuss what they're about to go do um to prepare them for where they are for, to prepare them for the workforce that they're about to enter to expand the students minds of hey this is the world you're entering um i think there is I think there's room for all of those things. Um, I think if you wanted to go deep, super duper deep divey, like luck, like something we did not have back then that we do now is internet. Like you want, you feel connected to one of these people, do a deep, do a deep dive into their careers, into their lives and almost look at what they've done and see how their experience brought them to this point. There is worth in exploring actors who aren't Hugh Jackman or Kelly O'Hara or Audra McDonald that are able to be, that, that can be mined for their experience, can be mined for their insight um, and explored and researched in that way. Um, yeah, I think there's, if it's done with, I mean, there will be a day, someday, where we look back on this time and be like, wow, remember that pandemic? I think that's also a valuable time when we're in 2025, 2030, 2035, if climate change hasn't gotten us by then. <laughs> like, to be like, hey, where are where were we in 1990? Where were where where were we in 1975? Where were we in 19 in 2020? Where are we now? And just compare, like I said, like we were talking about before, what was happening in the world? What was happening during these shows? What and and I mean, even just like how life has changed between, like how life in New York and life in the theater industry and life in the creation of theater has changed and using this as an ingredient into that sort of compendium of history throughout musical theater as an art form, because there is, because this is definitely a time that we're going to talk about for a while. <laughs> Certainly. And, and just, uh, you know, I think we're going to need to have a conversation in my own faculty here at Chico State, because it's so applicable to so many different classes. I could see us using this in, in our audition and, and professional prep class where we're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, specific industry things. We have a musical theater ensemble class that it could totally work. We have a social justice and theater class. And with the, with the social justice issues that you bring up in the, in the, in the documentary, Absolutely. it could also be a tool there, but you What's, know, we're, sorry, Wherever I, we end up using it in, in at my university, what I do think it's done a really good job of doing is raising questions that inspire conversation. So the, uh, whatever it is, it, the assignment won't be to watch and write a paper. The assignment mm -hmm. would be 
to watch and let's have a discussion. Yeah, because absolutely. it asks the questions, a lot of the questions that we need to talk through together. Uh, and, and, I, and, and, and I think one of the biggest strengths about our film is that it's so intersectional in that way. Especially one of my favorite pieces of feedback we got while we were screening it to to close friends and trusted trusted colleagues was one of our I call I mean for lack of a better term I call them muggles um, yeah. so the 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 folks who one of my muggle friends who watched this um, <laughs> and gave me feedback on it because uh, I wanted to explore some muggle viewpoints as well to see hey do you even get it do you even know what's happening do you um and one of the things that he reflected was oh no i get all of it and i'm just like even the the like vacation swing and equity stuff and he's like i got it enough this is a this isn't a theater documentary this is a corporate america documentary and i said oh wow because I can say that until I'm blue in the face, but someone actually in corporate America who can see those parallels, uh, he's uh, he was like, oh yeah, I got enough from the vacation swing stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, that's temp work. Oh yeah, that's da 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 da. And I was just like, oh yeah, and it's and and to the sophisticated eye, it's true. And there is an example. Is it about Broadway? One hundred percent. Is it also about social justice? One hundred percent. Is it also about capitalism? One hundred percent. All of these things intersect in this documentary where Broadway is just sort of the lens we have to see all of these underlying systemic problems that we have in our culture today. And that's something that I, I love it. Very proud of for this film. Mm -hmm. I think it is so great and anything we can do to peel back um, and take a look at and to explore and discuss, I think is so great. Um, this is our recommendation, and I'm just before we, you know, begin to wrap up. Is there anything that that beyond this that you'd like to to tell our audiences or to recommend beyond? Is there anything you're inspired to say or share? Um, nah, this is a this is this is quite the passion project for me right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, come see Hamilton, but also yeah. <laughs> like if we're in, in town, there's a thousand productions of Hamilton. So make sure it's the one that I'm on. But yeah. And, and which one is that? That would be so the Philip tour, know. the Philip tour coming to a town maybe near you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, this is a, a, a very big passion project for me right now. If you can follow uh, Ensemble Philip, Ensemble Film Official, it's on all the different social media, social media platforms. Um, and if you can watch the film, I love it. I love, um, when you were in Philadelphia, I said to you, um, I will, I'm not, I've seen the show. I've seen Hamilton now so many times. I was like, the only way I'm seeing this is if you go on as the King and you magically had a date and I, <laughs> I we literally dropped everything I was like I am seeing Aaron Albano as the king everyone back up you were so incredible <laughs> in the show oh thank you um so so if you are so lucky to not only see the show but also to catch Aaron as the king uh you will be a winner thank you <laughs> um thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it and and yeah I I love this film and I'm so excited and I I'm excited for people to have an opportunity to see it oh thank you so much I appreciate yeah. it y'all should be really proud I'm excited to share it with my students and and thank you for coming on carefully taught teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kikau thank you music for carefully taught was provided by Joshua Haig for more information visit joshuahaigmusic.com